Please accept our apologies for any bangs or scrapes you may hear. Due to the global pandemic, we're recording this remotely. Thanks very much and we hope you enjoy. Hello, I'm Debs. And I'm Hannah. And welcome to The Write-Off, a podcast for the everyday writer. Even if you don't write every day. Whether you're hoping that what you're working on will one day be a Sunday Times bestseller, or you're simply putting words on the page for the pleasure of it, The Write-Off is a podcast for every writer on the journey. You might be squeezing your writing time in around multiple jobs or childcare, or even just around the ebbs and flows of your own enthusiasm. But we're here to say, us too. This is a place to connect and share how you're getting on. It's a space for the story behind your stories. And so... That leads us seamlessly on to the subject of today's podcast. Hello and welcome to episode six, Writing is Hard. (laughs) So this is the final episode of series one of The Write-Off. We do intend to be back in a few weeks, um, but for now we thought it would be good to chat about how difficult writing is. (laughs) (laughs) I mean... I suppose the general overview of the entire reason for making this podcast is because one day we spoke on the phone and were like, why is writing so hard? It had been a long time since we'd really actually chatted to each other about it. We both came away feeling really much better. It is that thing, isn't it, of like you go to your desk and you write on your own. Just sometimes that can feel quite soul-destroying. Well, one one thing that I think that um, is lacking if you're a writer is feedback. Not that you need someone to be like cheerleading you on, but I think that you can lose a gauge on whether you're doing any good at all, you know. It's so true. And actually, if you have... Um... A few writers that I follow on social media um, have talked about this recently, which is the relief of getting to the stage in your writing where you can collaborate, where like an editor comes on board or an agent comes on board and suddenly it's not just you on your own anymore. Totally relate to that idea of just it no longer being just you anymore. Like, you know, and obviously like when someone comes along and makes like loads of notes and edits and rips apart your first draft and tells you to put it all back together again, that is hard as well. (laughs) But in fact, I think it was Emma Jane Unsworth who was listening to talking about this recently. And she said she absolutely loves it. She loves when she gets her editor's notes on her stuff because then she's like right I can do this I can take this and I can run with it and it's not just me and the wild voices in my head and you know she's got something to work with from that point and I yeah I think if you are doing a long form piece of writing oh my god it takes a long time (laughs) and a long time for you to be sitting there with no one sharing it with you no one who knows what you're putting down on the page I guess so yeah it totally makes sense that you'd be like oh my god when someone else reads it I (laughs) I can imagine if you're not an editor but you're like friend or family member to a writer and you read their work it's probably quite intense to be on the other side of that if you've been so alone with it for so long well I was saying to you the other day that I've got a friend who I've workshop with and he gives really astute notes and they're great notes they're great he gives great edits but sometimes I just like I, I dread hearing them and I can, feel <laughs> quite, I can feel quite cross with him I'm just like 
what what like you know if he's saying this isn't good enough or you need you could do this much better you know it's never just as punitive as that he he says what i really need to hear and then for a few days afterwards i just go around being like well fuck you if you don't like it <laughs> it always takes me maybe more like a week to settle down and be like right get over your ego and actually everything he said is exactly right so aside from the obvious which is that we've got no time to write when you do have time to write what do you find most challenging thing about getting words on the page I think I'm not really a plotter (laughs) I never ever come to anything with a plan really the most I ever really do is like I sometimes write down character names and I know that they're all, they're all connected to each other, but I, know, I never really know how. And sometimes I think I would get a lot further if I just tried plotting a bit more. I know that some people out there like have to plot the entire thing and that's how they work and it's quite methodical. Mm. Uh, but I'm not sure that would work for me, but I'm sometimes like, well, maybe if I just even had a vague idea of where it was going and I'd written it down so I could follow it like a thread, then... I would find it easier because I also can sort of like jump around all over the place. Mm. So sometimes I'm like chapter one, chapter two, chapter three. And then the next thing I know, I'm like somewhere else miles away writing something that's coming to my head. And I've got no idea where that's going to come in or even if it does fit. And then at that point, I feel like I'm in this knot of words and then I get in a panic because I'm like I don't know the way out I have a similar thing and I think I think that's quite normal unless it's just me and you you know (laughs) um (laughs) but I think that to to write something in a linear way obviously would be would make things easier because you could then just keep going with the flow But when you're doing something on such a massive scale, I think that's really hard to do. And your mind does jump to other parts of the story. And I think the problem lies in not being able to see it visually as a timeline. I saw a picture once that Maggie O'Farrell posted and it was of like a huge trail of post-it notes that literally went around a doorframe and it was the outline that she was following of her book. I I think it might just be that reassuring thing of, that you you realize you're not wasting your time on this bit it's it's gonna be relevant in the end Uh, yeah I think that is true and it's happened to me recently where I've spent quite a lot of time working on something and then later on I'm like oh I don't think this is actually part of the story I think this is more me kind of like learning who this character is but then Mm. I get that feeling like oh that was a big fat waste of time because that's two and a half thousand words. (laughs) (laughs) But then none of that's a waste of time because if it makes a more well-rounded character that's interesting and and it makes you kind of know that character better, then you'll write it better. We'd probably be amazed by the amount that we don't read once a novel's been published that's been put down at some point. It's just an absolute marathon of a task. Yeah, and you know what? I think if we're going to talk about writing being hard, I do wonder if I am the right kind of writer to write long form prose. I find it so hard. You know how some people, they've just got thousands and thousands and thousands of words. And actually the problem they have is like cutting those words down. 
Yeah. Well, I have the opposite problem. (laughs) (laughs) Flash fiction. I love a flash fiction. I do. You know what you could get into is writing haikus. (laughs) I think I would. I would love to just be a haiku writer, Deb. (laughs) And I would have no worries. Well, you know, when was the first time that you said to yourself, I'm going to write a novel? Did you think easy peasy? I doubt it. No, not even a little bit. So I've had to like loosen up a bit and be like, um, we've talked about it in the past, that horrible desire to edit before you've even got anything on the page. So I've had to loosen up and be like, you know, yeah, you might feel like your last 500 words was pure bollocks, but it doesn't really matter at this stage as long as the words are going on the page. You might be writing 500 words of shit, but then the 100 words after that might be pure gold. And you wouldn't have got to that gold if it wasn't for those 500 words of shites that you had to write in order to get there. Admitting that writing is hard helps because saying that writing is hard means that you're not saying I'm rubbish. Yeah, you can sometimes be sat there feeling really insecure and thinking, why am I finding writing, whatever you're writing, whether it's a novel, whether it's short stories, whether it's Mm. for the screen you can be sat there thinking why am I finding it so hard I'm supposed to want to do this I think that's what I hear in my head all the time I'm supposed to want to do this so why is it so hard I I reckon that's where imposter syndrome comes in because you kind of go well I love it I'm passionate about it I want it like I crave it when I'm not doing it and that they're surely clear signs right that it's what you should be doing that you think about it a lot when you're not doing it but then sometimes especially like we've said in the past, when you've got limited time, you then sit down and, and, and start writing and then it's hard. And it's like, but what's been hard is getting to this place where I've, I can sit down and do this and I'm struggling to get it right. So maybe, maybe this isn't for me, but, and yet everything else up until that point tells you that this is what you want to be doing and what you should be doing. So telling yourself, you're not rubbish. It's hard acknowledging that. And then, going, right, it's hard, but I'm going to try. Well, it's, you know, I guess it's back to that little piece of advice that we talked about that my tutor gave me, which is 300 words a day will eventually become a novel. If you can get it down into like bite-sized manageable chunks, you know, talking as people who don't have a huge amount of time, and I imagine anybody listening doesn't have a huge amount of time or not as much time as they would perhaps like. Yeah little manageable chunks oh and actually I'll tell you who said that they write like this Charlie Brooker Mm -hmm. said that he writes in 20 minute bursts so he puts a timer on his phone for 20 minutes so that he knows that in those 20 minutes he's got to focus but he knows there's an end point and when the 20 minutes is up he can stop and he can have a cup of tea he can go for a walk down the garden and then he can come back and do another twenty, and it's manageable. It, wow, I love that. I know. So instead of having this open-ended expanse of time, which is what sometimes I think frightens me, because yeah. say, for example, I've got like a two-hour window and I'm like, this is it. This is my two-hour window. I spook myself. I think one of my issues as well is that in my life and in my day job, I guess I have to be reactive to whatever's put in front of me. And you kind of given it and you have to do it. So then being given a large 
chunk of time and a blank page is proactive. But in the way that you say, having all of that kind of time in front of you can somehow almost be a bit overwhelming. Being given the choice to write anything for me is a bit overwhelming. It's like I, I if I was given a stimulus, I'd probably prefer it. Yeah. And a time limit, you know, write 500 words on this. I think it's just because of the way that the working life has formed my behaviours. Oh, yeah, totally. And then you have to do a full mental shift away yeah. from your working brain to your writing creative brain. And it's not really necessarily succinct to do that. I get really excited about an idea and it's like th- there's a difference between flirting with someone and having a full committed relationship with them. And I think it's the same with ideas. You have to go, this is the one I'm going to run with. But then while you're running with that idea or in that relationship, you know, <laughs> there, there are other ideas that you flirt with and that can distract you from that one that you're committing yourself to. Yes. You ever get that where you're like, oh, well, that idea is better than the one that I'm now in a relationship with and who's like facing me with all these problems and like farting in front of me. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Oh, Whereas there's, there's this like hot new idea who I keep kind of glancing, uh, exchanging at. eye contact with that, yes. that seems oh. all shiny and new. <laughs> <laughs> I am so, so bad for that. I do that all the time. And I, I'm terrible. I'm a cheater. <laughs> <laughs> and I, I, I think I said it in the last episode, if something starts to feel hard, and it's not as sort of like sparky as it was, I'm like, oh, I should probably go over there with that other idea. Yeah. But then you've got to know that the other idea is also going to fight in front of you if you commit to it. (laughs) What if that idea over there is the one that would do really well if and get published and I'm spending all my time on this one? Oh, yeah. That's a real dilemma, isn't it? Another thing that makes writing hard is that you could put all of that work into it. And I guess it's fear of failure. It might not go anywhere. Yeah, it's such a leap of faith. Yeah, unless you're going to self-publish everything that you ever write, which is a really great way, actually, sometimes of getting words out into the world, or put everything that you've ever written on a blog, you don't have any control over whether or not this thing that you've grafted at actually finds a place in the world and that's a bit that's a kind of a bit soul destroying going into it you know the idea of getting to the end of this project and then it never ever finding a place in the world which you know there's a strong chance that that will happen I mean it's a really hard it's a really hard starting point because it's like how do you motivate yourself to do the work if you've got no guarantees It's a really, really tough one. And I'm sure that it crosses everyone's minds because you're investing unpaid, precious time on something. Yeah. I mean, of course, you're doing it because you love it. You know, if you're you're doing something creative, it's got to be feeding your soul as well. Yeah, and I think also... But is it going to feed your children? (laughs) Currently, no. (laughs) Um, I think as well what is the definition of success? Do we only get to be proud of our writing catalogue if you can literally walk into Waterstones and take it off the bookshelf? Because if that's the only marker of success, there's a hell of a lot of us 
who may never get to that place but doesn't mean that what we're working on isn't isn't great or doesn't have a place there is a kind of like how do you hold on to your sense of self-esteem about what you write because we place so much emphasis on the tangible results yeah tangible results it's a big bugbear of mine I have no answer to that Um, but absolutely, especially when it's something that can take so long to do, you know, that there'll be those moments of wondering if it's all worth it, but I guess you just have to hope <laughs> you have to try and you have to hope because people do it and people get published in the end. Yeah. You just got to complete the thing. I, I guess it's what it's taking one step at a time, isn't it? It's going, well, I'm going to finish this first and then worry about whether it was worth it later. There's a good quote from Lee Bardugo. I wish I'd known that the hard days, the days when you struggle and the work feels false and frustrating are not signs that you're not up to the task or that you're on the wrong path. They're actually just signs that you're trying to do something bigger and more challenging than you've ever done before. Nice. Oh, Lee. True. So Neil Gaiman said, this is how you do it. You sit down at a keyboard and you put one word after another until it's done. It's that easy and that hard. Oh, Neil. Nice one, Neil. You should be a writer. (laughs) (laughs) So this is the last episode of series one of the Write-Off podcast. Um, I have had a blast so far. Thank you, Hannah. Oh, me too, Deb. You know, it's been so great to talk about writing to the point where now I'm keen to go off and do some. Oh, yeah. Well, it is twofold, isn't it? Because if you want to procrastinate over your writing, then start a podcast about writing. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) But at the same time, talking about writing doesn't half make you want to go and get on with it. I found it very inspirational. And yeah, I'm very much looking forward to um, actually getting some writing done. Try to enjoy writing great, right, Deb? Yeah, because writing is hard. Writing is hard. And we'll look forward to chatting more in series two. Um, We hope that you'll join us. And in the meantime, good luck with your writing. Yeah, absolutely. Good luck with your writing. If you have enjoyed today's episode, then please do subscribe, rate and review us. It helps people to find us and every listen and download to our little podcast really does make a difference and we really do appreciate it.